Hey everybody, Superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Love Line, episode 498 from August 26, 1997, a Tuesday night show with guest John Popper. Adam opens the show with a funny intro. John Popper joins him right off the bat, as do most guests. They really like this era of the show. And Adam kisses the ass of the blues traveling man. He talks about hearing John on K Rock's Kevin Bean earlier in the morning. And John says he'd take a bullet for Adam and Drew, the way many of us Love Line fans have always felt. It's nice to hear it from a guest. Adam says whenever they're asked about their favorite guest, they always cite John, despite this only being his third visit on the show of the Adam era. And Adam lists off some of the famous artists who have appeared on the show and mentions how John draws a largest crowd of fans outside the studio, which is him making a positive out of something they don't often enjoy. This is John's third appearance, so they do indeed uh, jam with John Popper, as has happened the first two times he was on the show. No spoilers on that. And as per usual, this was recorded in 1997. Some of the medical advice may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Cathwood on Current Day Loveline. 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. Mahalo and get it on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. For Loveline, 1 800 LOVE 191, fax number 310 854 4455. I'm Adam Carolla, that is Dr. Drew. He's a board certified physician, an addiction medicine specialist. He can help you to quit smoking, he can fix a hip, he can do uh, <laughs> excessive weight gain, just about anything, except for misogyny. My Do wife, Dr. Drew. Yes, I love this man like he was uh, someone I was paid to work with. John Popper is Hi. in here tonight from Blues Traveler, and let me just kiss the ass of the Blues Traveling man for just one moment. I know you're busy as hell. Yeah. I know you guys have been playing dates uh, straight through for about the last four years, and uh, I heard you on a local morning show this morning, and I, Adam, I know you don't sleep. It's been a living hell. I know. I know how rough it is. <laughs> I know you could be driving a Zamboni or cleaning carpets, but yes. you chose to make the sacrifice. I could have been fighting crime. Become a um, like I've always wanted successful to. rock star. And so let me first thank you, John, for coming out. Well, we do appreciate it. I'd take a bullet for you too. And I think you could actually. Really? I could sell you a few if you want. <laughs> the uh, the other thing I want you to know, John, and I'm not just kissing ass. You will back me up on this, Drew. We've been interviewed by many publications over the last year or so and whenever the question comes up and it always does what's your favorite guest who is the favorite guest for you here on love line oh you're kidding me it's always john Popper. that is adam's answer routinely really yeah yes wow. that is my answer well i'm honored sir well we are honored to have you and one more piece of ass kissing drew noticed this and i noticed it as well we have many uh, big name celebrities from either the uh, tv movie or music genre on this show and uh, I mean, we've had Tony Bennett and Rod Stewart and Zamfir, Duran Duran, Zamfir plays the uh, pan flute, I, <laughs> I think, and of course Carrot Top on the show. <laughs> None of them drawing the kind of crowd that you draw out front of the Loveline Studio. Did you notice that, Drew? I, I was not that mentioned it to you. Remember? Yeah, yeah there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of nice people out there. Well, I think that's the other thing. That is another point. A very nice crowd too. Yes. Yeah. They're very respectful, you know, yeah. they're, they're just really cool people. But the thing I think that they respond to with Blues Traveler is not only the music, 
But we have a lot of good bands in here that play a lot of good music that people like. But it's the attitude and the approach of the band. It's the accessibility. It's the just uh, general demeanor of the band. Very open, very friendly. Aww. Yeah. Aww. We're hugging later, you I big know. teddy bear. All right. Now, last time John was in here, I brought my saxophone in to impress the Loveline listeners as to my musical prowess. I didn't think you could do it, but you were amazing. I hung pretty tight with you. Well, I'm just have to kiss your butt now because you said all that nice stuff about me. <laughs> Tonight... I, I vaguely remember <clears throat> some sort of saxophone thing. I don't remember. But. You'll notice, John, that I brought in a guitar. Is that your Stratocaster? Yeah, it's a Strat. It's, uh, is it a 56 or 50? What is it's that? It's uh, early 50s. I bought it off a buddy of mine. He was stoned, and I don't know exactly what the year was because he could never figure it out. But Are it's those got humbucker pickups? No, Joe Barden pickups oh. on that. And you see the... Uh, I thought they might be Billy Barty pickups. No, those are the, oh, the real small ones. Right. And a, and a double whammy, or is that a triple whammy? Just a single whammy because I'm old school. Oh, okay. I'm keeping it real. Keep it real. Totally. All right. Now, I had a chance to listen to uh, some of the Blues Traveler CD today, uh, straight on till morning, and it's uh, awesome as usual. You you're never not, can go wrong with this band. You're not going to try to play that thing, are you? I may jam along a little with you throughout <laughs> the course of the evening, and here's what I think I should do. I think we should take a song like uh, Carolina Blues and maybe jam along with that, because that's the one I sort of practiced to at home today. Dr. Drew, is he any good? No. He's, I don't think he's heard me play. <laughs> no, Have you ever heard me play, uh, is Drew? Is he good at anything? I mean, excuse me. Drew, please, am I in the room or not? And then later on, I, maybe, I just, often. maybe just a little free-flowing jam session, some blues, something like that. We'll just let it all hang out. Right. See if you can... You brought a few harps with you tonight, Always. I see. Yeah, it's a all union right. rule. Well, you see if you can keep up. Okay. <sighs> all right. What more band business do we have? Ah, I have some dates in front of me, but I'm sure they're all sold out anyway. You're going to beat the Greek tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Then in uh, San Francisco at another Greek theater. I know there's tons of them out here. They're not moving this one. I'm, I'm guessing there's already one erected out there. Yes. Portland at the uh, River Queen Showplace. And sounds what's like it? a boat. Nine <laughs> yeah. no. one, you'll be in uh, Seattle at the uh, Bumper Shoot Fest. What the hell is that? <laughs> sounds pretty kinky, doesn't it? Yeah, what do you do? What Either is the bumper? bumper Shoot? No, um, it's a big festival, and there's a whole bunch of bands on it. Don't ask me who they are right it's now. Another, you know local radio station or something named for what they're doing. Ah, I see. It's a huge festival that they have every year. Okay. Uh, well, we'll get into more of these dates as the night wears on. We scored some Stones dates. Oh, yeah, that's right. You guys are going out with the Stones. Hoo-ha. When is that? When does um, that start? September 23rd, I think, we start in Chicago. And how long are you with them the whole tour? No, we're on for 11 dates, but we're the first 11 dates, so... Have you ever met any of the lads in the band? No, and I'm determined to be unaffected by it. <laughs> Everyone I know who's toured with the Stones always goes, well, when I was hanging out with Mick that time. Right. And, you know, you just want to smack him in the head. And so <laughs> I'm determined to just have it be like a, a job. And you're like, hi, yeah, Mr. Jagger was really cool. And are I, you, I played uh, my job in life. Are you, uh, are you a fan? I mean, did you grow oh, up yeah. listening to him? Well, yeah, who didn't? You know? That is a very good point. How old are you, by the way? I'm 30. I turned 30 in March, and I'm fraught with midlife crisis because he hit a zero. Jesus Christ, I'm older than John Popper. Imagine that. And he's come... Look, look what he's done with his life. Really? Look what I've and, done with my and life. All, and all your musicianship gone to waste, Adam. You never <sighs> well, did anything with that. You, uh, your, your parents must be proud. I all gave those, it a try. Music lessons. I, I played some... You know, they had some, like, open mic uh, talent contests over at the Palomino and some honky-tonks here in North Hollywood. Oh, right man. out of high school, I played. I had a couple of bad nights, and uh, I needed to put food on the table, Drew. And you can't do it unless you're the caliber of musician that John Popper is. It's 
it's hard just to just or, to struggle that long. Well, you know, it also helped to sell a lot of drugs to record executives. Right, yeah. and oral favors. Sure. We're going to the phones. Michael. Yeah. You're 36. Yes, I am. You're on with John Popper. Hello, Michael. Hi, John. How you doing? I want you to just relax, sit back, and tell us what's wrong. Well, I'm a very talented impressionist. I do impressions, and uh, sometimes the gals like them, and sometimes it's like it's too much for them. Mm-hmm. What kind of impressions? Well, like Mick Jagger or Travolta or something like that, you know. What do you mean it's too much for them? What does that mean? Is this in the bedroom? Well, they, they like it at first, and then after a while it just kind of wears off. Wait a minute, you mean you're a performer and you do this? Yeah. Do you ever, uh, while you're having sex with them, do you ever do their dad or their brother? No, not like that. Okay, because that can be disconcerting. I had a woman do my mom once. But I understand what what the impressions would have to do with your ongoing relationship. What does it? What do you care whether or not they continue to enjoy your act? Well, it's it's just one of one of those things that a lot of people tend to enjoy it at first, and then halfway through, they're not really impressed. All right, but at least you have a skill that they enjoy at first. I, I mean, I, I'm very much like that. You know what I learned? What? You know, stop it. <laughs> Stop it. When they, when they get annoyed, then go on to someone who hasn't seen it yet and, yeah. you know, do that for them and, you know, try not to do that to people you care about too much. Michael. Yeah. We want to hear some impressions now. Okay. And I'll tell you what. Yeah. Don't tell us who you're going to do. Okay. You do it and we'll see if we can guess it. Okay. Yeah. You know, the other day I was uh, doing one and it was like, it was pretty close and, uh, I don't know if they got it or if it was like over their head. <laughs> Any comedian in the 1980s. I'm going with uh, Vinnie Barbarino just because uh, you mentioned it at the top. Now give us one that you haven't mentioned so far so, so uh, we won't be tainted. Okay. Well, you know, the other day, the other day I was driving around in my car, you know, and there's people come well, up. Wait a minute. You're, that's Mick Jagger, right? Right. Now, didn't you mention Mick that Jagger was, and oh, John Travolta? Yeah. Right. Was oh. it Mick Jagger? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Go ahead. Give us another. I'm annoyed already. Okay. Let's <laughs> give you one more. Here you go. Hello. I know a guy like you once. No, it's Jimmy Gatowski because I do that too. Oh, hey, Bobby. Hey, Bobby. <laughs> All right, but you don't do this professionally, Michael. <laughs> I try. I know, but you don't do it for a living. Call it no, I, I, I uh, sing too. Yeah, but what do you do during the day? You do uh, your uh, impression postal worker of a postal worker no i'm a maintenance man ah, ah. that was going to be my next guess a maintenance man all right so maybe and you're all right i'm done with you all right michael okay. just just stop doing it when you're when you're annoyed i don't know what his question was I, exactly I really don't you no. i think he just wanted to do his impression yes I oh think so. that's what it was i have this problem i have this incredible singing voice <laughs> michael and a whole repertoire michelle oh sorry michelle yes hey you're 23 hi michelle yes. Hi, how you doing? I just wanted to say to John real quick, uh, I love Blues Travel Air, and you are an amazing harmonica player. Thank you very much, Michelle. <laughs> and you guys, the other night when you heard that noise in your headphones, yeah. you heard it on the radio, too. Oh, really? That's so, I mean, it was really faint, but I heard it. I'm, I'm hearing it again now, as a matter of fact, oh, yes. a little bit. It must be me. It's just <laughs> a little, little more rapid frequency than the other night. Uh, What's going on, Michelle? Uh, all right, listen, um... Two and a half weeks ago, I had sex with my best friend of four years, a guy, and he's been kind of distancing, yeah, distancing himself from me. What do you mean your best friend? You mean a very close friend? Yes. Okay. Yes. 
You have a problem with best friends, don't you, Doctor? <laughs> no, I do. Adam does. I, but I, 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 at 23, I just best well, friends I've, usually aren't. I've known them since the beginning of college. They're so. close friend. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's had relationships. I've had relationships. Um, was somebody interested in somebody else at the beginning? Well, I had interest in him before, and he told me that previous to my interest in him, that he did you know, have interest in me, but it, nothing ever happened of it. Like I said, he had had relationships, I had relationships, and I just broke up with my boyfriend of two years uh, about five months or five weeks ago, and we got drunk one night, one thing to love to another, and blah, 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 blah. And he's still hanging out with me, but he's really, he's different. And I basically, I don't want anything from him, but, you know, I, I want the friendship back, and I'm afraid we went too far. Have you, have you said that to him? <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? Have you said exactly that to him? No, because he, every time I even close to bring it up... Yeah, just, I, I've had people say that to me when this has happened, and I don't believe it. Uh, you, you mean know? that they just want the friendship back? Yeah. And yeah I don't say, believe you know, it I'm either. Not, I'm not expecting anything from you, but, you know, what it is is that you kind of both are, and, you know, he doesn't know what to do, and he gets, he's just scared. Right. Uh, well, unfortunately, I didn't even get to the friend part. I would even bring up that night, and he would change the subject. Yeah, but here's the thing, too, Michelle... Oftentimes, what you say intellectually and the vibe you give off are two totally different things. That's the hell the, of it the, all. The only thing we know for sure is that you were interested in him at one time, and he right. knows that. I'm and sure he was told interested him, in her. Well, we don't know that. He may, he, he may have said that in a response to her saying, you know, I was really interested in you. And he would go, well, gee, one time I was in you too, but now, gee, we're just the best of friends. I've just never known a guy-girl friendship where the guy secretly wasn't kind of hoping that at some point there would be some <laughs> sex going on. Becoming quite cathartic for John tonight. I can see that already. Oh, yeah. Now, somebody, when a guy and a girl get together as friends, initially one of them was drawn to the other because of a physical thing. Oftentimes it doesn't work out, and they just go on to be friends, and then years from then they laugh about it because after you get a certain amount of mileage in a relationship, relationship it seems awkward to have sex but initially they're usually brought together for for that reason and the one that is initially attracted usually has a little erection of, well something going a yeah. little a little remnant there that can be reignited and if it is there it is right and a woman also knows in a friendship that at any on any given night on any given week in any given month she can get the guy loaded and uh, he will be a willing participant right for, for at least the one night well let me he he did start it and actually two years ago before i started going out with my last boyfriend um we did kiss and it didn't go any further because dad came downstairs but um oh, I hate when that how old is he i'm sorry what was that oh he was a little bit younger at the time well this yeah this is two years ago okay oh well we need to talk to him michelle I'd love for you to call him, but it's uh, I'm in Pennsylvania, and it's a little bit later over here. Yeah, but he's probably up um, uh, masturbating to your image as we speak. <laughs> I wish. No, I don't. I'm just kidding. I think we should wake him up. This is important. <laughs> this is um, this is like a, a fire in your heart. He needs to be <laughs> he needs to be alerted. No, actually, what I'll probably do is uh, tomorrow night when I hear you guys on HFS, I will probably tape this and then just play it for him and just say, look, here's how it is. <laughs> But I just, I want to know how I can tell him, you know, I just want to go back to that friendship because we just had a friendship. You have to just tell him that and, uh, and, and act accordingly for a while and he'll calm down. And well, one way not, uh, one way to achieve it too is not to put the screws to him. I mean, if he's freaked out a little and he needs a little bit of space, then give him a couple weeks off and then get back yeah, to it. See, Don't keep going after it. I think that's the important thing is um, just, 
you tell him what you have to tell him, but he's not going to believe you right away, and it's just time is going to heal. It. Oh, geez, I just spilled. Yeah, right. Time, time's going to heal this. You know, um, after a while, he'll realize, okay, we still are friends because um, she's not blown me off or getting upset, and eventually he'll start acting normal again. You know, with any luck. All right, now, John. I know you're a little upset because you dumped your uh, cigarette mug in your lap. <laughs> <laughs> I was that moved by this story. It, it really affected me, and I had to cool off. I think uh, I don't want to go right into the full-fledged song just yet, but I know that the listeners are dying to hear a little duet. I noticed it's a left-handed guitar. Yeah, I had to string it backwards. Wow. It, it was a right-hander, but I strung it backwards. And, and retooled the neck and the bridge. Right. Yeah, it, it, it cost $1,700. I guess I should have just went out and bought one oh, at that point, cool. but I'd heard I read a uh, biography of uh, of Hendrix once, and and I heard that his first guitar he could only get a right-handed guitar, so he went ahead and restrung it backwards. Oh, sure. In other words, so he could play the licks, and I was sort of inspired by that. I thought there might be some magic in what it. What is that sign that says Coleco on the guitar? It's a Coleco guitar. Yeah. Wow. Made in Coney Island. All right, John, come on, enough talking. Let's start jamming. All right, pick up that banjo. You ready? All right, hold on a second. So we're going to do Carolina Blues, huh? Well, why don't we just, uh, why don't we do that when we play the song in the next break? Oh, so you just want to jam? Uh, what key you want to jam in? Uh, e? Is that um, good? Well, we're going to jam in E. How about, uh, I got another keys well, here. Well, you Let's call the key, John. How about A? A is a nice key. A? Okay. Hey, hey, you got that thing in tune. That's pretty yeah. good. You want to just do some blues? Or? Yeah, let's just a nice 12-bar blues. For a second, let me get this off. Drew, can you, I'm, I'm can I get, want to get back to the. I had no idea a man Humble. could play with his teeth like that. It's like having sex when you really do it right, Drew. 
No, I was talking about me. But oh. You were good, too. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about my facial expressions. I can't help no, it. No, when he, I get going, I get going. For those of you at home, he really was playing it behind his back. He was doing all the moves. It was pretty funny to watch. John, listen, don't, it's enough of an achievement that I uh, even keep up with you know, a master like yourself. I just had no... You got all the Hendrix moves down. It was pretty impressive. Thanks, man. Maybe I could, uh, I don't know, uh, come out and sit in sometime or something. I mean, not on a big gig like the Greek tomorrow night or not with the Stones, but you guys still oh, play no, some honky tonks. Oh, we'll be out of town. Then. Oh, oh, man. Oh, we, know, we record a lot. You know, we could throw you on a record a, I or something. I haven't done any session work. Oh, you, the money's right. All right, guys. Let's talk good? off the air. Let's get to the callers. Okay. okay. Well, actually, we're uh, right on time for a breakthrough. Right. So uh, we'll come back. More uh, questions with John Popper from Blues Traveler. More playing and more of the boring Drew. Blinds galore, baby. Cool your home, man. You want to talk about it. I know it's getting hot. It's hot where we are. It's hot where you are, I'm sure. It's hot right here. It's hot right here. Oh. Yeah, turn the air down a little. Anyway. It, the the sun just blasting through. I mean, think about how hot your car gets. Think how much cooler your car would be if you parked it out in the sun if it had blinds all the way around. Well, that's the same thing with your house. And then also everything gets bleached out. The fabric gets bleached out. The You get bleached out. The carpet gets bleached out. Blindsgalore.com. Quality, custom-built blinds and shades made just for you. We use them here. Use them there. It's the kind of thing you get once and you use it for the next 25 years. So let's get going. Free samples, free shipping, free design advice, and uh, real easy. And you save money over the big box stores. Blinds Galore. They really do have Blinds Galore. Go to BlindsGalore.com. Let them know I sent you. Let them know that uh, they are proud sponsors and that you heard it here. BlindsGalore.com. Hey, this is Greg Fitzsimmons, host of Fitzdog Radio on Podcast One. Join me and my guests, such as John Hamm, Zach Galifianakis, Jimmy Kimmel, Carolla, Hardwick, Rogan, all the big guns are with me. We talk about what it's like in Hollywood, behind the scenes, the real deal, the rage against middle age. Fitzdog Radio on Podcast One, the home of podcasting. This is Carrot Top, and even losers like me listen to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Turn on your radio, they'll give you a big hug. It's Love Line, get it? Ow! Ow! I want him to come Ow! back just, just, to, just to give him a little payback, or not payback, but uh, compensation for all the abuse you've sort of... What abuse have I leveled in, uh, in, in Carrot Top's direction? Yeah, as a matter of fact, we're so tight I call him Top. I'm serious. Phone number here on Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. The great John Popper is here from Blues Traveler. He is shaking the dew off the Popper Lily, and he will be back in the studio in just a moment or two. And until then, uh, we's going to the phones. Drew, where are you going? Two. Stephanie. Yeah, hi. Hey, you're 23. Yeah, um, basically, I just have difficulty keeping therapists. Listen to that voice. Oh. Uh-oh. There could be some gambling here. <laughs> yeah, but keep, but keep talking. What, what happens in your therapeutic relationships? What? What happens? Why? Uh, basically, I don't know. Con conflict develops, and they end up telling me that they don't think they can help me. I need to see another therapist. Give me an example. What happened to the last one? Um, 
we just started fighting all the time. About what? Oh, it's, it's kind of a long story. Are these all male therapists? Yes. Mm-hmm. Give me a short, what was the shortest one? The shortest story you can tell me about any of the three. Shortest was when I was only in therapy with him for two sessions. And what happened? And he wanted me to take some psychological testing. Uh-huh. And I didn't want to. Okay. And, and I, I assume it's the same quality of conflict that was going on in the other two, where they would ask you to do something as a patient and you just wouldn't do it. Right? Right. Okay. You want to do um, some gambling here? Oh, no, it's easy. <laughs> I, I'd like uh, to gamble. Uh, hey, John, have take a, a seat. Leak. What's happening? I understand. But, but there is something called, well, hang on a second. We just talked about this, but something called... Uh, well, let me get John up to speed. Uh, right. Stephanie's right. 23. She's called in tonight because Hi, she's had uh, three therapists, and they've all booted her out because of conflicts. Okay. She's a little combative. Stephanie called a therapeutic alliance where you trust your therapist and they trust you to be honest and forthcoming and do your work and do the best you can and follow directions and be a patient. Right. It's an agreement. You agree to go into the office, answer the questions, and you're there because you want to get help. They're there because they want $115 for 45 minutes. Because they're and and they make money doing that. That's their profession. And they they will do things in your best interest. If you can't even establish that fundamental level of trust, then no. Then there is, then you have to go on to somebody else because you can't do therapy. Now, some people kind of hang in for a long time because a lot of people, the main issue is establishing that relationship and will go through a lot of abuse. And the people with something called a borderline personality disorder will really put um, professional caretakers, medical caretakers through ringers in an attempt to get them to sort of fail them and to prove that people are really distrustful. And I suspect that's the kind of thing you were doing, Stephanie. Is that right? Um, I don't think so. Well, you're not sounds consciously like, anyway. Sounds like me. <laughs> well, and... John, uh, you uh, done any therapy in your day? I, I always try, but um, it, it becomes a, a competition. I'm very competitive the way I talk to people and stuff like that. Power struggle. Yeah, it starts becoming that, like, uh, you know, uh, an attempt... To, I, I, I sort of try and say, oh, you're trying to get me to admit this, and, you know, it's just not the point of therapy, so um, well, some, winds up kind of screwing it up. Yeah, sometimes in therapy, you begin almost a third dialogue. There's that one of you commenting, like standing outside of the mm-hmm. conversation and oh, commenting yeah. on what they're asking you, which always pisses off therapists. The thing about therapists is you got to figure you're paying all this money. You want you're them You're driving to across you. town. Yeah. You just got to let it down. Right. For, for that 50 minutes that you're in there, you got to let it go. It's not... It's not your girlfriend, it's not your wife, it's not your boss, it's allow, not your band member. Allow them to direct the process, and it actually helps. Right. Do you want to gamble on this, Drew, or you feel sure. quite go. confident? Yeah, go. All right. Let's see. John, do you have a dollar uh, on you? Do you sure. have any money? Get a dollar out, please. Uh, is this a fictional <laughs> dollar? Or, no, uh, this is a real dollar. A real dollar, okay. As real as uh, me jamming on the blues guitar, this dollar Like I was is, saying, is it a... Uh, put that dollar down there, John. Sorry, all I got uh, I got big bills. Oh, no, here's... Oh, it's got a hundred in there. Christ's sake, you guys are doing great. <laughs> it's, it's been quite a day. <laughs> Look, oh, Jesus Christ, we just get back from Laughlin? No, this is just... What do you got, like uh, 1,200 bucks on in your wallet? Well, gee, it's going to be safe going home tonight. Ah, <laughs> oh, you got that big bouncer. He'll protect you. Uh, Jesus, it's like, it's, it's like paper. Uh, I, I was just going to say it's like Monopoly money. Mm-hmm. Drew, would you look at this wad? Oh, my God. Look at that. Yeah, oh a, my God, I haven't even seen a real not, hundred in a Drew's long gonna time. Drew's going to tell me this is, a, this is a phallic thing right here. Hey, let me just smell that. Oh, sure. Oh, oh, that yeah, good. that's nice. All right, so you don't have a dollar. 
Uh, no. You just have hundreds. Drew, all right. I got, I got a $5 bill here. <laughs> I put the $5 in, and, uh, and uh, I'll, I'll see if I can make change if uh, push comes to shove. Okay. All right, here's the deal. Stephanie's 23. She's got that little girl voice, and I'm always worried when I hear the little girl voice, and she has difficulty with her therapist. It's Don't, been three so far. Big, big trust issues. Big trust issues. And I got out uh, that her therapists have all been men. So I'm going right we're, we're gambling on her past, by the way, John. Okay. What went on with her in her uh, childhood? I am going with conflict with Papa. There's something up with Dad, and the question is how severe. Oh, Was, can yes. I hear her talk a little more? Yes. S Stephanie, say hello. Stephanie, hello. Stephanie, uh, can you sing the dreidel song for John? No. Well, Stephanie, uh, how, how are you feeling about all this? Uh, discouraged, I guess. Okay, that's enough. I, I, uh, okay, right, I mean, you good? You got a fix? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I am going with Dad did something very bad to her uh, physical uh, uh, physical abuse. Not sexual, physical abuse. All right, John? I'm going to go for a, um, a family dynamic that was dysfunctional. All right, yes. way too, way too broad. You got to <laughs> narrow it down <laughs> for three bucks, Jeff. Well, you know, I, I can't give you an actual incident of... Uh, Let's put it this way. Was it, was, it, was it a violent family, or was it an over-controlling family, or was it... Alcoholism, alcoholism perhaps. Or, or uh, broad, the broad, dad could have abandoned her. Dad left. I, right. I'd have to say violent. Okay. Violence in the home. Yeah. Violence in the home. Well, that yeah. was mine. Didn't I go with physical abuse from dad? So now I'm, I can't pick that one? No. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what a fun game. Well, man... <laughs> Well, maybe he's excluding uh, specific uh, physical violence against her, are you? Or yeah, I, I don't think that she was actually physically abused. Ah, I think that there was maybe a fear of that or yeah. verbal abuse. Right. Uh, maybe mom was beaten up a little yeah, bit. Well, yeah, there was just like somebody was screwed up in the family okay. and they, and they took anger. it out on everybody. Not overt physical abuse yeah. uh, perpetrated upon her. That's a good one. All, All right, Drew? I'll, I'll just take the next available category, which would be sexual abuse. Sexual abuse for a uh, for dollar? Yeah. Stephanie? Yeah. You're 23. What happened? Uh, no sexual abuse. Oh, that hurts, Drew. <laughs> There's nothing left for me. You got to take these giant broad categories. Any, f any uh, physical abuse? Um, I, well, I lived with my grandparents until about the age of eight. Why? Um, my father left probably about when I was a baby, and I lived with my grandparents until my mother got remarried. Why? 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 I think I win. Wait a second. Any... Uh, how was the stepfather? Abusive. Physically? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm going to take that. Did he ever strike you? Yeah. Okay. And uh, what, how old were you when you... St hang on, put the money down there. We talking about a spanking? How or? old were you when you started having sex? <laughs> um, I haven't, actually. Oh, you, you haven't, haven't had sex? sex? No. <laughs> True. Give me another dollar for that one. Come on. I want another buck for you holding up. I, uh, this could have been in my wallet gaining interest, but you had to, Come on, seriously, Drew. Give me another dollar for that. Come on, that outburst. Drew, you're only uh, reinforcing his uh, <laughs> behavior here. <laughs> That's right. All right, so Stephanie, you've had, he, you've had your share of troubles with men. The first guy in your life, your dad, your biological dad, abandoned you. The second guy came into your life and physically abused you. Now you see these male therapists, and they become the manifestation of either the guy who abandoned you or the guy who beat you. 
Wow. And you become combative. Oh, no, that's true. That's right, true. although actually I have more difficulty with female therapists than I do with well, male. But whatever it is, you must have found some way to Wait manipulate Wait a minute, I may, I may give a dollar back for manipulate that Manipulate men or feel, or feel comfortable <laughs> with I thought men. all you went to was male therapists but, so far. But listen, Stephanie. Right, but I work with female therapists. Mm, but listen. Taking the dollar yeah, back I that you never saw in. I think you think the female therapists are harder, but you're not trying them. Well, but you got to understand something. She probably learned to manipulate men, her peers particularly, and when she's with a therapist, that stuff never works anymore and that's even more threatening and more frustrating for her so in reality the, probably the male situation is worse for you when you get into it and that's why you have to terminate but the bottom line is is you know what's going on you called up you told us your problem you may not be ready to let the guard down and to do the work that's necessary for you to get on with your life you're a virgin yeah. Right, because you you can't be in a relationship because of the damage that was done to you in the past. Too angry. But also, you're not willing to work it out so that you can get in a relationship in the present. Wow, that sounds a lot like me. Jeez. Stephanie? Yeah. All right, so maybe you're not ready right now. Or maybe you should really hang in there, no matter how uncomfortable it gets. I mean, if this, this adage that if therapy is fun and comfortable, uh, something's wrong. Right, let me tell you what fun, fun and comfortable is. Uh, a bong and a big screen TV. And a couple of strippers. That is fun and comfortable, except for you get nothing out of it. Uh, well, I mean, you get you get an erection and you get a good high, but you don't get any therapeutic value out of it. Have, you ever, have you ever had that feeling in therapy where you uh, like hit this really great realization, and then suddenly there's like this weight off your chest? That's a good one. Stephanie? No. No, you never got to anything because you're no. too combative. No, All right. No relationship, no therapy. Let the guard down and uh, let love in. Whatever. But, you know, I also have this theory. Ah, the troubadour. I, <laughs> I prefer sage, but that's fine. Okay. Um, I also have this theory in life that it's really hard to do stuff before you're capable or ready. For instance, sure. uh, yeah. I, right. I was interested in comedy from the age of maybe 19, 18 or 19. But I couldn't do, I couldn't make a move until I was about 30 or even 31. I mean, I, I just, I couldn't do it. I'd go do a comedy club when I was 24. I'd have a good night. The owner would say, come back next week. I want to see a showcase. And I wouldn't come back. And I couldn't figure out why I couldn't do it. But somewhere along the line, when I got ready, I did it. That's a really interesting, that is a, I mean, that's a very complicated, interesting comment you actually make, because it, it also p trickles down to issues like getting people to stop smoking, stop drinking, make major changes in their life. How, how do you give somebody the get it, the get it that they need to make a change, or what the things are they need to do? Yeah. Well, how do you give somebody that? Well, that's certain, a very profound question. It really. was? All right, give me another dollar, Drew. No, Come no. on. Well, it sounds to me like they, the only one who can figure that out is them. Well, it, it is a combination of factors. I mean, Adam himself in his life, and you, you kind of knew you would get there, so you had your eye on the ball, but right. the life authority and the opportunities weren't there. Well, and when what, those all came together, then you got it. And the way I approached it was uh, the, the following. I said, I'm not ready to do this. I mean, I'm not ready to be a professional stand-up comedian at age 23 or even age 26 or 27, but I knew that I would be maybe by 30, 31. Wait, but was there pressure from, like, your family going, well, are you going to be a stand-up no, comedian or no not? No pressure from anybody. Nobody's going, well, are, you know, you're getting older. Are you going to try this? No. Thank God. Uh, my parents and I had a, had a deal we struck a long time ago, which was uh, you don't cook for me, you don't clean for me, you don't do anything for me, and then when I get older, I can marry a 400-pound uh, black lesbian and no one gets to say anything. 
It was uh, wow. it was an interesting deal that we struck. Mm-hmm. But uh, nobody put any pressure on me. I just knew that um, one day I would be ready. So well, I just forced myself to go out and do something like twice a month. Well, but that helped you get ready. So so you right. know, be sure you were. How, how would you, for instance, how would somebody get you to stop smoking? Um. Uh, well, if the, actually smoking, uh, my doctor said, you know, if it's between eating and smoking, smoke. So but, he recommended that I smoke. Well, but let's say you <laughs> needed to. I, I'm not sure that's, uh, that's no, great I got, advice. Well, I'll give you a good example. Losing weight. I, I right. have to lose weight but because of my ready, leg. If you're ready to do that. What it required was, uh, like, physical danger of screwing up the healing of my hip replacement. Was that even enough? Again. Was that enough? Um, it is because uh, I'm planning on in December giving it a shot again. See, I, well, that's what happens is I save up for little sieges and I plan a time when I start. And I usually can You're go talking for about, about the weight or the smoking. The weight. And right. I can go for about a month and I diet really well. I lose a lot of weight and then I start gradually gaining it back. And really, you need like three years of dedication yeah. to really yeah. do something about that. But yeah. do you have the mindset like I think the problem with a lot of people is they say I'm gonna I'm gonna give up smoking. But I'm not going to give it up until the first of the year. It's uh, now we're somewhere in mid-March, and right. I'm going to smoke three packs a day, knowing that when I get to the first of the year, I'm going to go cold turkey. Now I always say to the person, "How about cutting down to, you know?" Oh, I've got a great system for quitting smoking. Um, the thing that uh, I'm going to quit in as soon as this tour's over in uh, September second, I'm stopping smoking, and I know I can do it because the thing that keeps me going is the knowledge that I will smoke again someday. Uh-huh. I'm going to stop smoking for, um, I, I'm going to allow myself to start smoking again in November, if I so desire. <laughs> and by, see, you know, by that time we'll be in the middle of the tour. My, and I'm doing it for a reason, you know, my voice. I want my voice to be good for the tour, and I've been right. smoking too much now, and it's starting to catch up to me. So I'm going to stop for a period of time to allow my voice to get back in shape. And then um, when the tour starts getting crazy again and I need a cigarette... You know, I'm going to try and hold that off as long as I can until mid-tour. Drew, you're an addiction medicine specialist. Is that retarded logic, or does that make sense? Uh, When you start making deals with yourself, it's not exactly a good thing. And when you're actually talking out loud to yourself, it's always a bad sign. Well, but I always answer myself. (laughs) We talk for hours. He taps his foot once for yes and uh, twice for no. And, the and by the way, you know you're in uh, some physical trouble when your doctor says, please continue smoking. Yeah, I like that. You must pay him well. All right. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little more about this uh, topic because it's an interesting one. And uh, more with John, more with um, Drew, and more with you after this. Hey, guy, you know that you want to be the guy that all your buds want to be. Oh, man, I want to party with him. Yeah, that guy. Well, then here's how you do it. Just listen to these two shows every week. The Art of Charm. We talk about how to create confidence, how to get people to like and trust you, productivity, time management, biohacking, and more. And The Chive. You never know who's going to drop by the studio, and you certainly never know what we're going to say to them. Download new episodes of The Chive and The Art of Charm every week at podcastone.com. It's a guy thing, all right? Be that guy. You all right, Jim? Yeah, just tripping on Bobcat Goldplay. <laughs> My son is still talking about that night. Bobcat came in uh, when? Uh, just a few weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, one of Drew's beautiful little triplets came in. Uh, show, show John the pictures. I'm sure he's seen them before, but uh, refresh his memory. It's a, it's a long and lonesome road, and this is what Drew has waiting for him when he comes Aww. home every night. Could you imagine? And get a dollar out of that wallet for me, too, while you got it, Jeff. They're going to have some stories to tell when they grow up. Oh, can you imagine? You're... I, mean, I, I know, uh, you know, my guitar player, his parents are both psychologists, mm-hmm. and he's so well-adjusted that 
it's really hard for him to, uh, you know, put it out on the line and make like a leadership thing. He's very steady and even keeled. It's, uh, it's kind of sad, but a was, lot of dynamic people in this society are basically bred up. from these screwed up environments. And when you're really together, uh-huh. you tend to just hang back, well, take so you, a job and call the life. Well, where Chan Strong is, I'll make a really outlandish, you know, decision and Chan will sort of temper it and go, well, let's think about this. <laughs> but he was the kind of guy in high school who sort of went along with the crowd, you know. Right. He's, he's a good, you know, sort of go-to guy. Right. And, he, right. yeah, it's, it's, he's an even-keeled guy. He needs somebody flaky, you know, with him. <laughs> to balance him out. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank God. John has enough flake in him to uh, satisfy yeah, a small s- country. I was going to say what we were talking about during the break. Uh, you know, I had a lot of that same anger we were talking about. And really playing music, you know, helped get it out. You mean when you were a kid? Uh, no, actually when I got older, you know, an artistic outlet really sort of helps you. Uh, Creative solution. But uh, did yeah. the did the anger you had was it something that came came upon you when you were a kid and oh, then came out when no, you were I older? Think I came from a dysfunctional family, definitely. You know, it was. Uh, you you had a bunch of sisters. You mentioned this last time. Right? Seven kids, uh, four, three brothers and three sisters. Uh, uh, uh. You know? but, but you were you the youngest, was that right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I was the second youngest. Sorry. Um, Remember, you, t- you, talk, you talked about this last time you were on the show. Yeah, 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 and there was like this relationship between my dad and my sister and me and my little brother, and we just sort of pass it right along. And, right. You know, it was uh, it was something really screwy, and uh, you know, when you get older and you get freedom, you know, there's a way to deal with it that way. But I'm, I, we all found outlets, you know, except mm. my little brother actually. The rest of the family's doing something. Uh, they're not in jail. Oh yeah, no, they all they all have like a real focused sort of a career mind. That's interesting. Straight On Till Morning is the name of Blues Traveler's latest CD. I believe it's their sixth. Yes. And uh, here's the thing about Blues Traveler. (laughs) You don't need to know the songs. You don't need to, you don't, you just go get the CD and listen to it because they're such good musicians that you just can't go wrong. I mean, you just, I don't care if there's, if, if there's not a, a hit on the whole thing. Well, you know, the thing I just like about them uh, that I'm really stunned about is they always make great gifts. You can <laughs> really buy one and give it to a friend. Right. For birthdays or Christmas or Yom Stocking Kippur. stuffer. Right. And, uh, yeah, or Hanukkah. You give out, uh, what, eight, Drew? How's that go? And, you know, I've often felt, you know, that uh, sort of lift you get when you have that realization that I was talking about earlier. You get that when you buy one of these. Oh, yes. It yeah. uh, can become very cathartic. It's very soothing to buy one. Well, why don't we hear something off uh, the CD? Are you going to sit in with on. again? Yeah, if you don't mind. Is that cool? Yeah, you know what? I'd like to see what you do against like a full band, you know, that way you don't have to <coughs> play chords as much. I got to say the pressure was on when we were just sort of mano y mano here, but uh, with the song behind tongue. me, I You're think... You're biting I'm, your tongue a little bit. Well, I got to say, I got to be honest, I don't want you to just think I'm uh, pulling some ruse here and coming and playing it af- after never hearing the song. I did listen to it three or four times at home this afternoon noon and I did get out the axe and play along just a little bit and learn some of the riffs. I think it's an E. Uh, yes, it is. Okay. So uh, we'll, we'll do it. There's a story with this song, right? Well, why don't we? Oh, oh, yeah, there is a story. No, true. Pretty cool story. Oh, Christ. Picture this. Yes. Uh, there's this girl that I had been seeing for a long time and she really, really loved me a lot. Mm-hmm. And I really, really liked her a lot. How old were you? Um, this had been going on for about six years, mm-hmm. off and on, you know, was it, and then, you know, we, because I didn't want to, uh, hurt her feelings, I would always sort of break it off, and then eventually we'd both get really horny and then just go at it again. Right, so two days later, you guys were back together. Well, I was determined to, you know, uh, you know, I'd never lived with somebody for a long period of time, so I was determined to have her come out 
for you know two weeks and we'll just try and live together and see how that goes and you know i i was i i loved her a lot but i wasn't in love with her the way she was with me you know and um she came out and she could only come out for a week and by the fifth day i was already starting to go okay so all right uh, so tomorrow you're, you're heading back huh and um you know she was sensing this tension and uh we got in a lot of fights and stuff like that but we we had some we had sex on my couch and um there's really something i learned the hard way honesty is a good thing in moderation at a certain point in time uh-huh uh when someone is lying on you naked and says i want you to know that i'll wait for you and you know you don't have to make your mind up right now right whatever you do don't go that's good because i i just don't know right and she goes what and i go well you were saying you didn't mind that i could take my time and she said what is that supposed to mean? And then a discussion follows, and then she goes, F you. And I'm like, well, well what do you mean? And, you know, don't... She starts yelling. Next thing I know, she slugs me in the face. Really? With a closed fist? Oh, yeah. It was right in the face. And uh, I grabbed her and pulled her close, and then I got scared because I realized how strong I was. You know, you don't notice that until, like, somebody throws a punch. Right. And uh, so I had to drive her to the train. It was It was bad. So you basically just uh, put your pants on up with no underwear and drove her right out of town? I put my underwear on. But, it, uh, but the same night? Yeah. All I mean, right. It, and it was a really ugly thing. And uh, so this is about the long, you know, the nearest train was an hour away. Mm -hmm. So it was the long <laughs> car ride. You know, I was, I mean, I was really upset. And so I was like, get out of here. And she says, you can't do that to me. And she was right. I couldn't like, the, just throw uh, her out of the house and have her the, walk. The uh, baton uh, death march yeah. that uh, John had to take. At four in the morning. So, yeah, we, we drove uh, for an hour in absolute silence, and she got out of the car and had to borrow 20 bucks. It was, and it's, it was uh, bad for both. Her name is not Carolina, is it? Uh, actually, it is. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, it's Carolina. She lives in Rome. That's why I'm telling this story. Okay. Uh, are we uh, on in Rome? We're not on the Vatican yet? Good, uh, good, we're be good. be piped into the Pope's Needless to say, we've, we've made up since then and, you know, realized that it's just not good to pursue a relationship together. All right. Now, do we have enough time to uh, jam yeah, here? Let's do it. Just okay. Enough. Yes, it's <laughs> true over there. I could punch you. <laughs> All right, John, you want to grab your harp? Uh, yeah. it, what was it, E? Yeah, E. There we go. I got it. Okay. All right. From Blues Traveler, Carolina Blues. I love how you can talk and play at the same time. Oh, yeah.
Okay, go for Eddie. Eddie. Oh my God. Stevie Vai, come on, give me some Steve Vai. You can do some Hendrix. Through the shirt. He did a split and then brought himself back up while he was strumming. Please, John. I was sitting down, everybody, but uh, just trying to keep up with the great John Popper is uh, enough of an acrobatic feat. I uh, would kill to be able to boogie like that. I think you just did, buddy. All right, John and I are going to talk about music off the air, and when we come back, uh, more Drew, more you, more calls, and uh, maybe one more little jam session. Okay. Loveline listeners, beware. Hey, everybody, Dr. Drew here. And I'm Mike Catherwood. And we just want to say thank you both to our sponsors for supporting the show and to those of you who support our sponsors by clicking through on the Amazon banner. Be sure to use the products that support this program. Without them, we are unable to continue to uh, thrive. Kind of pull, as Adam would say, I put a little wind in the sails. 
keep the pirate ship afloat. Well, we don't have a pirate ship like he does, but we got to keep this thing afloat. And the way they do it is by clicking through on Amazon for any purchases. And it doesn't cost you a thing. But Amazon kicks a little bit over to the podcast producers, yeah. and we can keep doing our podcast. Yeah, and it, look, again, let's remind people, you're probably going to use Amazon anyway. Yeah. So if you could, just before, go ahead and click through that banner. Do your shopping the same way that you would, and when uh, we get a little, we get our beak wet. So go to Podcast One, head to over to the Loveline page, and then click through on the Amazon banner there, and you'll be supporting the show, and we appreciate it. Thanks, guys. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. He is John Popper. Was that you playing the dulcimer just there? No. Oh. I only play three or four instruments, and uh, that is my guitar, Geraldine. And we'll be back in 10 seconds. This is Loveline on Radio Station. KROQ FM, Pasadena, Los Angeles. The world famous K Rock. All right, the show's a love line. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. Adam Carolla, John, John Popper, and Dr. Drew. Yes, Drew. Let's speak to some callers. Oh, yeah, okay. let's, let's, let's let that be our goal. Right, I thought it'd be, minute. You'd never see me play before, though, right, Drew? I know. And I, I thought I, it'd I, be a kind of a thrill for you. kind of pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, because you didn't... You know, here's the thing, quite honestly, John. Yeah. I am... I am sort of considered the boob of the show. You're my sidekick. And Drew is the brains of the show. And what people don't understand is I'm... Objectively, I have to say there's a struggle going on for that. There's a battle for the boob. (laughs) There is. Going on. There's one big teat and we're both hungry. (laughs) Yeah. But there's a certain blue-collar renaissance uh, je ne sais quoi. Working-class hero kind of guy. Thank you. Uh, John, you're 28. Yes. What's going on? Yeah, Adam, uh, the Bumbershoot Festival... A bumper shoot is an old-fashioned word for an umbrella, so that's why it's called bumper shoot. Why is it? Um, I don't get it. A bumper shoot. Yeah. Well, see, umbrella it, festival it must be rainy season. It's down there raining in Seattle, and also it's an, a, an umbrella is all encompassing because this festival also deals with uh, writers and uh, art and theater, with, besides music. Mm. Well, it's, it's a Seattle thing. Yeah. Ah, okay. Four-day festival. It's the yeah. end of the summer party. Cool. Well, maybe I'll come out and jam a little. Sure. John, what's going on? Yeah, I uh, hope this is an easy question for Dr. Drew. Please. Uh, um, I was recently diagnosed with uh, molluscum contagiosum warts in my genitals. Well, no, molluscum contagiosum is not warts. Really? No, molluscum contagiosum is molluscum contagiosum, which is a viral thing. It's a little... Mollusks? Uh, well, it looks kind of like a zit that if you if you pop the top, it doesn't, nothing comes out, just this little hard nodule comes out. Right. Wow. And, uh, and they can proliferate, and they usually appear in the pubic area, and they are a sexually transmitted disease. Mm-hmm. They are transmitted from, you know, back and forth uh, among sexual partners, and they have no consequence whatsoever. Uh, they can kind of proliferate, so usually dermatologists will, will sort of scoop out that little core that helps them heal quicker. Right. But that's it. Yeah, that's what my uh, dermatologist did. I was just, my question is... That is not warts. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but my question is, uh, will I eventually get an immunity to the virus and stop having it? Uh, good question. I don't know the answer to that. Whenever I've seen cases of molluscum, it just it just sort of self-limited. It goes on for, for a few weeks or even a few months, and then it goes away, and that's the end of it. So I, I imagine there is some immunity uh, imparted on someone. I don't know how long it lasts, mm-hmm. but it is, it is a, a harmless condition. Well, Drew, I heard that warts... Um, it's not warts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got to start oh. listening to this show. I right, forget it, John. Can can you scrape them off and cook them and eat them? <clears throat> it's mm-hmm. it's uh, not. Uh, Elvis used to fry them up with banana. Mm. John. Yes. It's not warts. Uh huh. All right, you're fine. I'm fine now. Don't use the W word uh, in front of the ladies. 
Oh, I won't. You understand? So, you know, what, are, what are general warts all about? Genital warts are warts, and that's another virus, but that is a permanent condition usually. Even if you eliminate the warts, the virus is usually still there, and it's highly transmissible. And in women, it, certain subtypes of that virus increase the risk of cervical cancer. And there's no real, there's no real difficulty to this uh, uh, disease. Molusca. Right. No. But in order I mean, to, you give it to a woman, it doesn't affect their fertility. No, not at all. But, the, but the, the presence of a sexually transmitted disease always makes one wonder, is a higher probability of a second disorder there. Why? So that's just the way it goes. Because the guy's a tramp? You know, well, when, when we were in Europe, to. I got this big zit on my balls, and I thought that uh, I might have uh, warts, and it just went away. That was a zit. There you go. Warts are little, <laughs> tiny little skin tags. You don't notice them. They're, they are all class. Yeah. Well, we're you we're go traveling to, around in a hot... You hold know, on. Where'd you go to finishing school, John? John, they don't... Warts oh, I'm, don't I'm a Dartmouth. I'm a Vassar chick. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. Uh, John, warts don't cause any symptoms. They're little, tiny tags. Little warts. Right. Do you ever have a wart in your hand? I mean, oh, this thing got yeah. big. It was gross. Yeah, it was just chafing. Bit. It was horrible. Yeah, it, yeah, it. Did you lance it yourself? Oh, I popped it, and it, it kind of got bigger from the effort, and then it went away after a while. You got a lance. And all the guys were like... You got warts. Go to a doctor. It's no biggie. Just you got warts. There's uh, nothing that a warts. fellow band member or just fellow they male always assume buddy the worst. They always assume the can't make you feel worse about. It. You got herpes. Just go here's, fix it. Here's the difference, really, between men and women. Uh, it 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 manifests itself in two ways. First, men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. By Adam. First, the venereal disease thing. If one woman says to another woman, I think I may have vaginal warts, the other one is, oh, my God, sit down. Let me make you a cup of tea. Uh, the guy is laughing his ass off and saying, uh, hey, 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 off the sofa, wart boy. I'm going to have to flip the cushion over now. All right. Making phone calls. They're making phone time. calls. Hey, Larry. Yeah. You want to come over and join me and wart boy for a beer? This, uh, and the second one is when someone gets really loaded and vomits. Now, when a woman gets really loaded and vomits, their other friend is like, oh, oh my God, I think she's passed out. We should call a doctor. Whereas the guy is, uh, I, he's faking it. Kick him in the nuts, Bob. That'll wake him up. Well, I also think skid marks is a big separator of the genders <clears throat> as well. That's true, too. Women seem to have better control down there. I think women have been systematically trained by society to be extremely clean down there, and guys just can't wipe their asses to save their lives. I think you may be on to something. Except, of course, Dr. Drew over here. I mean, you know. That and the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the hair factor, which for me, I can have a, uh, you know, a, I could have a Cadillac lodge in my ass and not know it. I'm going to walk around a whole day. It's like the Everglades in there. A couple I of gators and a snake. did have a Cadillac lodged up there myself, actually. John. It's good parking. <laughs> it's handicapped. John, you're 15. Yeah. Hey, you're on with John Popper from Blues Traveler. How's it going? Pretty good. Um, I was wondering if uh, homosexuality is like a hereditary thing or if it just sometimes like happens. There's discussion about it's... My biological. father and my mother were both gay. What? <laughs> No, you're kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. There, right. there is discussion about what biological elements m might contribute to the predisposition for this, but for the most part, that's still just discussion. Uh, and there certainly are some biological sort of correlates to all this, but they are not, to, as far as we can tell at this time, they're not of a hereditary nature. Most of the time, as a kid, you end up rebelling against whatever it is your dad or mom does, and you become <coughs> quite the opposite. Like, my dad is a wimp who uh, doesn't know his way around a toolbox, therefore I got really into wrenching 
on stuff when I was a kid because I hated the fact that he couldn't fix anything. But but they also you got to remember here he's asking though is it a biological disorder and could he inherit it? Not just uh, yeah because I like I found out my dad's gay. Is that something new? Um, I guess him and my mom were married for like twenty years and. Uh, but this is new information for you. Yeah, and he doesn't know I know. All right, so really it's just you're freaking out about. Your dad, yeah, who he is. I was over at his place, and I like saw this packet of pictures on like the end table, and I was just like, "Oh, I wonder what these are." And I opened it up, and it was my dad and his boyfriend, and I was like, "Ugh." All right, so oh, let, let's stay with hold that. Hold on, that's, they were that's hard. They were engaging in sex. No, they had all their clothes on and stuff, but they were oh. like making out and stuff. Okay, so all right, let, let's stay with that because that's really the issue here. Don't worry about yourself. You're you 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 will be what you are, and it has not, nothing to do with what he is. Uh, what what how do you feel about all this? Well, how are you handling this? Well, I mean, I'm I don't know. I don't mind that he's gay, and like I you know I'm even kind of all for it if that's what he wants. But I don't know. He's always telling me that I should trust him and talk to him more, but he doesn't tell me like I think it's a pretty big thing. How how did you find out about other than these pictures? No, well, I don't know. He like he grew up like uh, a country boy, real uh, conservative, real uh, straight and narrow, right? Yeah, but, who, who? but like, no, over the past few years, he's, he's like started to really change drastically and grow more and more liberal. And uh, he always used to uh, like quote the Bible about homosexuality, and now he's like... Uh, isn't that interesting? Mm. He was in the denial phase or the defense of his phase. sexuality, yeah. I think, or the defensive denial phase, and then he just sort of uh, gave in. Do you like girls? Well, yeah, I do now, right now, but, <laughs> I mean, my dad presumably... No, John, don't... No, no. It's understandable that you would question your own identity given what you've seen your father go through, but this is your dad's issues. These are not yours, and what, what's got to be troubling is finding out your father is somebody different than you thought him to have been. And the reason he wasn't straight with you, probably, pardon the pun, is because was you're... Say, oh he wasn't straight with himself, that's why. Well, he wasn't straight with himself, but also, uh, John is 15. I mean, this isn't necessarily the kind of thing... First off, your sexuality um, and your kids knowing about your sexuality... Like, you know, I'm going to wait till my kid turns 15, 16 before he knows I'm a boob man, for instance. Unless he stumbles across some pictures or something. Thank but, you for uh, holding back. <laughs> but... What I'm, what I'm saying is, is you don't necessarily want to share your sexuality with your kids, no matter what your sexual proclivity is. Right, you do, it's hard to talk. And about the that fact stuff. that John is a little bit disturbed by it is yeah. the reason why he probably didn't want to share it with you. Right. You understand, John? Well, I don't know. I I thought he was like a few years ago before I even had an inkling. Like I was just teasing my mom, and I was like, Mom, if if I told you I was gay and was getting married, would you? Uh, would you give me away at the wedding? And she was like, hell no. Oh, she went nuts, probably. Yeah. Uh, well, dad, I mean, understand why that struck a well, chord my with My dad him. came up to me, like, on the side, and he said, uh, I don't know if what you were saying was serious or not, but I want you to know that I'm behind you wherever you go. Well, that's nice. And, well, yeah, that but that's, nice. like, just something that I remembered after. Why don't you, why don't you uh, really try to... Are you there? Yeah. Why don't you really try to heal this relationship with your dad? And now that, the, the, that you do know something about him that he's been concealing... And you seem like a, a forthcoming guy and a mature guy. Why don't you bring it up? And you've got an open, open line of communication. Your dad, your dad certainly has encouraged you to keep that communication open. He is unconditionally supportive of you. Why don't you see if you can reciprocate a little bit? And then dad will probably be relieved. And, and understand that he has been protecting you for, for, with no doubt that he, will, he intended to tell you the truth. 
uh, once he clarified it in his own mind. It sounds like he's just sort of understanding who he is now. And give him an opportunity to sort of uh, have a real relationship with you now. And it certainly doesn't mean that you are definitely going no, to be gay. No, yeah, it has nothing to do with you. John, you are you. You have your own your own makeup, and you don't inherit that from your father. The, the, the homosexual tendency is not something you inherit from Well, you. let's look on the bright side. If you do go, well, you have uh, like what you like. outfits you can borrow, the oh, record yeah. collection. I mean, it's, uh, okay. Just trying to stay off of animals, <laughs> as long you, as it's men or women. Them, I think, you you know. can uh, borrow the convertible rabbit for uh, dates. Robin. Yeah. You're 17. Yeah, okay. First of all, I want to see you, you, you guys. You got a great show. And hey, John. Hi, how's it going? All right. Okay, now, I don't know how to say this, but, like, I don't know if I'm gay or not because I, like, had these fantasies about my fr my best friend and stuff. And then one time I was on this dating line and um, I was talking to this guy and, you know, I was got I got to know him and everything. And he, like, live he don't, he don't live far from my dad. Then I was like, um, he was like, you want to have phone sex? So I had phone sex with him the whole time. I was thinking of my best friend. So I'm like, you know, am I gay or what? I mean, this is really well, weird. It, it's hard at your age to know what you are. There's a lot of confusion and uh, sort of lack of clarity about what it is that someone's sexual orientation is or even who you are. Have you had boyfriends? Yeah, yeah, but like, um, you know, and this, and I can't even talk to this guy on the phone anymore. Have you had, have you, well, it's probably good. Have you had, uh, unless you're doing it for a living, have you had sex with a man? Yeah, one time. Uh huh. Didn't enjoy it much. No, not really. <laughs> okay. Um, Have you talked to your friend at all? No, not nothing. Yeah, I talked to her, but not nothing like that. Just, you know? just be careful at this point. It sounds like you're very confused, and you certainly don't want to sacrifice your friendship if she's not feeling the same way. At least mm -hmm. at this point. And um, my general advice is when you're confused about feelings like this, kind of sit tight with them, see where they go, see how you feel about them as time goes along. Don't be in a hurry to act on them or to gain clarity instantly. They're not, it's not likely to happen that way. And if you act on confused feelings, you end up usually being more confused. You might be gay. You might not be. It's, it's no way to tell at this stage of the game. I'm going to invent a test eventually. Actually, I did invent a test. Yeah. There's the uh, LAT test and oh, yeah. the uh, Gantt test. i got to get those back out. I've got this uh, weird theory that, you know, I, I know a lot of women who have uh, tried a lesbian experience. Oh, these days, real common. You know, I, I think it has to do with the uh, the female breast. Everybody was sort of genetically engineered to, to suckle one of those. That's, That's an true. interesting theory. That's yeah, a very yeah, good theory, yeah. yes. Women uh, were weaned on the breast just the yeah. same as uh, guys were. And women smell better and they're softer and, uh, you know, less That's Not to mention the underwear well, thing we yeah. talked and our, about and earlier. Our, and our society really... Uh, promotes female sexuality as sexuality. That's what that's what people think of as, as sexy, is female sexuality. Right. When yeah. you want to sell a product, you put a good-looking female on there, even if you're selling to women. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, there's... And it's just so much <laughs> less of a physical commitment to me. I know this uh, may sound... That's what women have told me. They say, you know, it's it's not... You know, they're not being grabbed. It's a very soft sort of... No, Adam's talking about some particular... Well, I'm talking about the phallus. I mean, if oh. John, if you and I got together, and God bless you, I love you. There'd have uh, to be an I insertion really of some point. The, the second I, uh, the second I uh, jumped over to the other side, mm -hmm. you'd get the first phone call. Thank now, Thank don't, answer, don't answer. Don't answer. Don't <laughs> answer. <laughs> just, just sit there looking the way you look right now, John. But I understand. The, the point is, is if we were ever to get together physically, there would be two penises or at least a penis and a half involved. There'd be yeah, wow. your gross he's, testicles. He's a friend of his own. Your, your <laughs> yeah. testicles with a carbuncle on them uh, between my hairy ass and uh, stretch marks. There could be trouble.
yeah, here. Could be some it sort just of requires a commitment, at least. Not to mention, at the end... Adam, it, what was the name of that waiter in Paris? Jean-Luc. <laughs> That's right. I'll but, never forget but it. But listen, what, what, what our last caller was really looking for was intimacy and closeness, and that's what she has with her best friend. And it's very hard for women sometimes to distinguish between a sexual feeling and an intimate, close feeling, and they all kind of go together, particularly at 15, 16, 17 years of age. And so, really, she's having a healthy feeling of a need, of a want, of a desire to have a real intimacy rather than these these kind of scurrilous, says right. That is that is another good point, which is uh, no matter how uh, laborsome it was for you to get it out, it was a good point, which is (laughs) when guys feel close to somebody and tight with somebody, they don't necessarily feel sexual about that person. But when women become uh, emotionally tied up with someone, sometimes feelings of uh, sexuality. I've got this great theory. I I explain to women how women have, like, menstruation is, like, called the curse. Mm -hmm. I think guys uh, have a curse in that they're just so ridiculously horny all the time that intimacy doesn't enter into it a lot. Oh, yes. that's And there's some some books out right now about this one called The Alchemy of Love and Lust, another one called Sex and the Brain. There are books out now about the biological difference between men and women. And the, the thing that women always uh, comment on when I've talked to people who've read these books, go, I mean, men think about sex six times a, d- a minute I always, an hour? I always, the, ask like, women, yeah. I always ask women, let me give you a little test. Have you thought about having sex with every single man you've ever seen, ever? <laughs> you know, because women and nuns, gym teachers, even if you go, you go, oh, I shouldn't think about that. I mean, it pops into your head for at least a right. second. Sex with every single female you ever see anywhere. Right, because women, when a man meets a woman, she falls into one of two categories. The ones you want to have sex with right. or the ones you don't want to have and sex you with. you considered at some point. But they, even your grandmother just yeah. had to get through the process of exactly. elimination. Exactly. I had to, it's, like, size grandma up before I put her in the no sex category. It's a dark, evil place. But still but 40 ounces away from having her slip into the other and one. That's a, that's a, for, for women to accept that is difficult because it is such a very different experience. Jerry, G- Point, oh, Larry Miller points out, uh, have you ever seen like women at a male strip bar? Hold on a bar? second. Uh, Larry Miller's a stand-up comedian, Drew. Thank you. Oh, okay. And uh, you, you go to a male, st- you know, like Chippendale or something, the women are laughing and celebrating being outside. If you go to a strip bar where men are looking at women, it's like coyotes looking at a piece of meat. Everyone's dead silent. Right. And, you know, you don't want to know what men are thinking at that point. It's right. Like, For me, it's, uh, it's like perusing the porn section at the video store. No yeah. eye contact. And uh, like I was saying to Drew a few weeks ago, if you brushed up against somebody uh, just, uh, you know, let's say waiting in line at a sub shop, you'd say, oh, pardon me. But when you bang shoulders with someone because he's bent down in the big top section and you're up top at the fetish section, you don't say a word, man. You just keep moving. Right. All right. Ooh-ha. Judy. She's afraid to talk to us right now. Oh, shoot. Hi, Judy. We're all picturing having sex with you just for a second. Okay, it's out of our system. You're 30, and your question is? My question, well, one big question is, Mr. Blue John. Hi. I was uh, just wondering, my little four-year-old just loves the harmonica. Oh, cool. Yeah, he just, he hums on it, and he has no idea what he's doing, but he loves the sound and everything. And I was just wondering if you went, uh, through lessons, or if you had someone teach you, he no, just wants, I, like every kind. And actually, the reason that I wound up playing the harmonica is that there wasn't a teacher. I had a real problem with authority. And um, when I was five, my parents got me a cello. Uh, see, I, I when we were in church, and I would uh, harmonize with the uh, songs, and they thought, "Oh, wow, our son's a little prodigy." And so <laughs> they put a cello in my hand when I was five, and 
I loved it because it was bigger than me, and I'd try playing it, but you had to practice, and I wouldn't practice, and so eventually I gave up, and piano at eight, same thing. Plus, you got a hernia from blowing into it. Oh, I love when they give <laughs> they give the fat kid a tuba in school. You know, I got the tuba, of right. course, uh, and you'll the be- trumpet, and then when I got the harmonica, I looked for a teacher, and there wasn't one, and... It's a very fun instrument because they're... You can, you can make your own music. Yeah, and you can make music uh, that sounds nice pretty easily. Yeah. And so, you know, it's fun. like you get a really good gratification right away. And um, you just... Uh, something that a teacher told me later who plays saxophone is if it sounds good, it's right. So um, oh, you should great. just have fun with it. Yeah, we love it. Hey, Adam. Now, I, I picked up the axe initially because uh, my dad brought home an Al Demiola record back in, uh, I believe it was like 75, and I just yeah. uh, was enamored with the man. But You yeah. were telling me that your dad made you like go over rock men and off scales, and if you screwed up, he'd beat you with like a fly swatter. Yeah, it, it was like uh, sh- the shine. It really was. <laughs> <laughs> Did you take lessons, Adam? Uh, I took the them. Guitar? I took them for a little bit in high school. Oh, shut up. <laughs> what, what else, Judy? What else can we do listen, for you? You listen to Def Leppard. What's going on, Judy? A lot of it's just mimicking. I'm not really that good a guitar player. I'm just playing what other people have played before me. I can't compose original stuff. I think you stuff. are awfully good. Judy, what's going Thanks, on? Thanks, man. Judy. Okay. Hold on. We got to go to break now. Okay. Judy, you have a question about uh, pornography? I do. In uh, a marriage. Friend and whether or, I should like it or not. Friend or foe? I do want to like it. I do yeah. want to like it. I understand. Good. That makes uh, two of us. All right. When we come back, we will answer this question. All right? Okay. All right. Yeah, film vault. Week in, week out, we help you navigate through what's out there in the theaters. On the film vault. As well as what's streaming in a house near you, preferably your own. Would you call the film vault a life-changing experience listening to it? I think it's mildly amusing. Mildly amusing and life-changing? As well as life-affirming. Okay, I like that. So have your life changed, affirmed, and be mildly amused on the Film Vault. We do it for Van Gogh every week on Podcast One. O-N-E, that's O-N-E. John Popper, the great John Popper from Blues Traveler. Phone number 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. Straight on till morning is the name of the latest Blues Traveler CD, I urge you to go out and get it. Uh, you just, uh, the musicianship in this band is so amazing that you, uh, you, you just can't go wrong with this band. You absolutely oh. cannot. Oh, go on. Oh, please. Uh, the way... Uh, it's like Stokowski commenting on, on uh, a great musician. <laughs> yes. Yes. Having Adam comment on you, John. I, I, I think after uh, you, uh, you've seen me... You uh, comment very well, too. Thank you. I appreciate your commenting. Yeah, it's like it was a real toss-up. It was like guitar or a light. All right, all right. Up. I can't... It just makes me nuts. The violin. There you You gloat. should try a violin. Oh, yeah? It's a great instrument. Well, they say once you learn a few, it makes it easier to learn more. You've got really quick fingers. I think you could do it. Thank you. Want to smell them? Here we go. Mine six. <laughs> okay. Celebrate the moon. <laughs> Your love fest that we get into every time here. I love this, John Popper. I know, I know. I do. Judy, you're 30. Yeah, I've been married for eight years, and and into our two-year marriage, um, I found out my husband likes magazines, putting my socks. I found lots of magazines. Two, two, two years into an eight-year marriage. Yeah, right. and I had no idea. I have a four- and two-year-old little boys. And uh, I really want to get into this. Um, I came from a molested young kid, um, raped when I was older, very promiscuous, um, 
bad relationship with my father, and but I really want to get into into this because Why? my husband really loves it. Yeah, but you're obviously uh, a f- kind of quasi offended by it. I am. Yeah. I, I want him to think of me as number one. You know, like every every girl. Does, Adam needs to know. give you a talking to. Yeah, I do. I okay. I was Go talking ahead. to somebody about this this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, she's married to her husband, and he whacks off, and it has nothing to do with his marriage to you. Whacking off is like just a solo thing that guys like to do. This is a, this, this is, is a why whack- Adam loves you, John. This isn't whacking off. This is um, while we're um, uh, let's watch a movie. Um, he wants to get you into it. Mutual masturbation for three hours, two minutes with me. You know what? You're not being into this. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, especially given, given your history, uh, you are further punishing yourself, putting yourself in the way of this material because it is demeaning to women and it, it must trigger some feelings of abuse just looking at people being put in this position. I know women are very sensitive about watching women engage in these kinds of acts because they don't, there's no intimacy in the act. And yeah, and I totally want to top it. Yeah, but no, Judy, <laughs> Judy, no, no. Judy, you, you, need to, uh, you need to follow your instincts. If he's into this stuff, let him stay into it alone. And yeah. you guys focus on your intimacies together. And if he has to include this stuff in, then he needs to know how you feel about it and how it makes you feel. Yeah, you know, but it's still in his mind. I, I, do, I do got to say that when I got into porn, it wasn't like, hey, look, porn, let me try and get into this. It just kind of called to me all on its own. <laughs> Well, of course. It's like it's heroin for your penis. <laughs> no, it's it really is. Bubblegum is what I was going to say, but same thing. Yeah. Sure. It creeps up on you, and before you know, you're hooked. Yeah, of course. I've looked at the magazines. I'm like, okay, where is, where's the thing for the women? Okay, go to the another page. That's the true. Page. I think there I'm should going, be where more. is it? Or even with the movies, I'm like, I'm totally trying to get into this terror. I, I can't even yeah, do it. I, I, I don't do think it. with your history you're going to get into it. I really I don't think it's gonna, something you're going to feel good about. Well, and there there will be pornography produced for women when women start buying pornography. Yeah, but the... I mean, it's no, no, what the, the market demands. No, pornography women is, like, is like Penthouse Forum. Where they're allowed to use their imagination right. yeah, and develop the intimacy. It, it's a it's an emotional connection, not a visual thing. It's the a way different it is for mechanism, men. exactly, totally. And uh, panels for him. You think that's for men? I wasn't listening because I was thinking of I something actually, real funny. I actually, what? what? <laughs> no, I actually really like penthouse for him. Okay, I was really uh, into it. I went and bought a uh, 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 porno movie today. As a matter of fact, how do you? No, wait a minute. And it had been. It's been a long time. But I mean, you now have you it, now have a, a recognizable face. And and by the way, oh. uh, you, you, but, but I mean, you, know, you you being uh, doing that stuff speaks badly of speaks ill of me. Sign. So please refrain from any of your old bad habits. Let me tell you, you could sign some cassettes in the store. That's pretty cool. Let me let me. I'd have to do it my Stroke underwear. Stroke one for me. Love Adam. <laughs> well, let me uh, let me tell you. First thing I did is I walked in. I I am kind of self conscious about this stuff. I know for a guy who talks about whacking off on a national radio show on a nightly basis, you'd think I'd be over it. Have but I heard of Spectrovision. I mean, you know, I no. I like to go out and get something. And that and says something. There's yeah. one. There's one woman. That I okay. Let me just come clean here for just one moment. Candy samples. I'll I'll do it as 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 fast as possible. I am a breast man, but no, she's too old for me. Thank (laughs) you, John. That's uh, you're dating. I like the classics. Um, You you like the Age to Perfection series? No, I I actually like the smaller breast. I think uh, the breast implant has ruined the breast in porno movies. I mean, they look like basketballs for God's sake. I love you, so I'm not going to (laughs) comment on that. Let's not stray from the point. uh, Here's 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 what happened. We got to finish with Judy so she doesn't feel further demeaned by this conversation. Uh, Judy, 
Uh, don't do anything you're uncomfortable with because you'll end up resenting him for doing something you're uncomfortable with. Yeah, and, and let for him, six years. Let him do that stuff by himself. And it has nothing to do with you. You're still number one. And don't let this all sabotage your relationship. Remember, you, you're used to abuse from men. Don't take it. Recognize this probably is a good guy. We don't know that much about him, but it sounds like it's been a stable relationship. And don't look for, don't expect abuse, and don't create situations that would make you feel demeaned and abused. All right, let me explain my uh, harrowing story. Uh, for, it all started uh, when we had Larry Flint in here about uh, eight months ago. Wow. And I asked Larry, what other publications do you publish beside Hustler? And he went on to talk about some yachting and some computer ones, and then he got to Busty. <laughs> and I told him to wait right there. And I told him, Larry, I need a subscription to this busty publication, or as God is my witness, I will drive your empire into the ground. <laughs> and he said, fine. And sure enough, I started getting busty issues in the mail uh, about a month after Larry was on the show. And uh, there's one girl that kept popping up in the busty one. Her name is Minka. She's this great Asian woman with these huge cans. And I became obsessed with Minka to the point where they were talking about a movie that she was in. And I actually called a video store to find out whether Minka was in this movie and they had it in stock. Now, the problem is, is the name of the movie was called Spank Me, F Me. And it wasn't F Me, it was the entire word. So I called the guy in the video store, and it was just a regular video store. It wasn't a porn video store. And I said... <clears throat> Pardon me, um, sir. Uh, do you have the uh, adult feature uh, known as uh, spank me? And I actually said F me. I didn't use the F U word, right? And he said, uh, what? And I said, spank me, F me. And he said, huh? And then I said, spank me. And then I said the full word. And he hung up on me. Somebody <laughs> So me. I figured he didn't have it. And some months went on, and today I'm I was... I'm sure he was flattered. I was driving back from the thrifties over on Ventura Boulevard, and there's this huge... Uh, it's called Red Hot Videos. It's just a huge uh, blimp hanger filled with pornography. And I said, I'm going in there, and I'm getting this Minka video. I'm going to go in and out. I'm just going to slide in, grab it, and I'm going to slide out. The Freudian little puns here are just flying. I can't even comment on all of them. I went in there, and I was a little worried that I'd be recognized. And as I went in, K-Rock, the mother station, was, uh, was being uh, forced through the speakers there. So I thought, this is a bad sign. And uh, sure enough, uh, they knew who I was. And then I found myself in this place for about an hour and a half looking for the Asian section. It was like Shangri-La. And when I got to the Asian section... There was an Asian guy, and he was in there to buy one of these. But he wasn't perusing the Asian section. Did you ask him to spank you and F you? <laughs> no. Oh, that's good. That's, that's helpful. He was looking at the, uh, like, uh, ebony section, which was right next to the Asian section. But I felt really self-conscious about grabbing the Asian video in front of the Asian guy who was there looking for the uh, ebony video. Thought it might be your father or something. Yeah, or, you know, uh, some relative. It's an attack on the culture, you see. <laughs> there you go. So, anyway, uh, it was not there. I settled for a Tiffany Towers uh, one, and then so I... you did a panic buy after all this? <laughs> yes, a panic buy, an impulse buy. I rushed home. I got to my house. One of my buddies who's working on my house, who's an electrician that I've known since high school, shut the power off to the upstairs VCR and TV set. 
Now I'm standing there and I'm, I'm actually sweating because, John, you know when you buy a porn video, how exciting. It's like foreplay, the drive I've, from the I've video store. I've never bought a porn video. All right, when you've I always rented. order it over the cable, you know, like the satellite television has those right. channels. I am not on the, out on the road as much as you, and I don't have uh, a wallet that is packed full of hundreds Spank like you do. Bank division. But I went and got the video, and I came back, and I came home, and I said, um, Dave, I'm going to take a nap, and... Um, uh, I'll be out in about an hour. And I went in there, and I tried to fire up the VCR, and it was closed, and there was no power to it. And I went back out, and I said, Dave, there's no uh, power. I want to watch some TV before I nap. And he said, yeah, I hit the breaker. I was working on an outlet. And I said, well, could you flip it again? And he said, uh, why? You want to power up the VCR so you can whack off? And I <laughs> he said, yes, actually, yes. That's exactly Somebody what I like to do. Thank me. And then... Uh, <laughs> Ask me if you like to watch. It, That'll it, clear him right it out. It did kind of ruin the whole moment for me, but uh, thankfully I I, I had the uh, stick to itness. Some, something uh, the married guys in our band say is, uh, Spectrovision will keep you faithful. <sighs> yeah, it does kind of take a little the starch out of you when you're on the road. Keeps I you from imagine. being so grouchy. All right, uh, when we come back, uh, there will be no more spanking talk. That, we that was will... a beautiful story, though. Thank you. I will. Uh, the I'll... blimp hanger to the oh. in and out. You guys gonna play some more music? Yeah, I think we may. Right. I think what we're gonna do is we'll play. Uh, John, you want to just? We'll decide during the break. Let's we'll... do a Hendrix tune. Okay, Jimmy. I know he's a big influence on you. Yeah, I know his uh, work well, being a left-hander and everything like yeah. that. So we'll do some Hendrix and uh, hear some more from Blues Traveler. And uh, oh, I want to thank Diamond Limo for doing an incredible job getting John and uh, the uh, whole team here in one piece. And their we'll be... seats smell the best. And we'll be back. Who's Traveler? He's brought one of his many harps. Now, John has uh, five, at least that I can see, and they're all different keys, are they not? Yeah, where's the key? Oh, here it is. It's the one I put aside. Oh, yes. I'm uh, ready for the. I'm ready for uh, a Jimi Hendrix tune. I, I know you're a big Hendrix fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what you do you want? want? You call it. I know them all. How about uh, Hey Joe? Hey Joe? Yeah. Wait. Excuse me. Okay. Uh, the Crew, knock it off. Uh, do, do you, do you want to uh, sing this one? Yeah, I'll sing a little bit. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not. You know, my... hey Joe, right? You yeah, know, I hey heard Joe, you shot your gun uh, in your, your hand. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. I, I, listen, I don't sing like I play, but uh, you know, I don't mind singing. Bob Dylan's been doing it for years. Okay, let's go. Nice. That gun in your hand. I'm going down to shoot my old lady. She told me to wear this stupid purple hat with a feather in it. I'm gonna stop singing, I'll ruin the moment. Hey Joe, you know I heard you shot your woman down. Good try, though. Hey, Joe. Oh. You know I heard you shot your woman down. Oh. Yes, I did. I shot her. I caught a messing round town.
Rebecca doesn't know what she's missing, man. Oh, man. Oh, can you imagine? And never got laid in high school. Me neither. Wow. What that's a travesty, so, yeah. That's why we're so pathetic. It's a kinship. My brethren. I my tri-penist brethren. My first date at 18 in high school, and she wouldn't let me even French kiss her. It was amazing. <sighs> Senior, for God's sakes. John, I, I, I got to tell you, uh, that was a thrill for me. <laughs> oh, thank you. It really was. You, you, you play great. I mean, this is easy. I play okay. Do you read you charts? You play great. I could bring in a real book next week, you know, and just come on in here. We'll do some jazz standards. Yeah, what the hell? You a big Django Reinhardt fan? I uh, have a Django Reinhardt tattoo. No. Yes. Oh, my God. Where? <laughs> you have to sort of part the hair, but you can find it. Believe me, it's there. Oh, keep coming back to this General Foods International coffee moment. <laughs> Marianne. Yep. You're 19. Hi, Marianne. Hi. You're on Love Line with John Popper. Uh, yeah, I was calling. I had a, a question um, about a cracked pelvic bone. Hmm. Ooh. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how I did it. I just ended up getting really sick and having an upset stomach and everything for the longest time. And finally I went to the doctor and they couldn't figure it out. And they took an x-ray and they found out I had a crack in my pelvic bone. Oh, God. A fracture in your pelvis. Yeah, it caused like an infection and gave me an upset stomach and everything. But um, I ended up calling my mom because she wanted to know what was wrong with me. And she thinks it's from having too much sex with my boyfriend. Where is the fracture? On the lower part, um, towards like, the left-hand side. Like the, what's called the pubic ramus in that area? They use I don't that know what that is. Well, have you been having vigorous sex? Well, I don't know if it's vigorous. It's just sex. Uh, if you, a 19-year-old, is fracturing a pelvis without a substantial trauma, mm -hmm. that needs to be evaluated very thoroughly. Well, I'm, could it be from, like, lifting heavy things? Um, it would be, require uh, normally like a car accident. Oh, really? Okay, so you have to, you must see Did a doctor. Did he rear-end you? You oh. must see a doctor to be sure there isn't something Listen, wrong. Listen, when, when you can play the guitar like that, John, you don't need a sense of humor. I was going to say, the pubic ramus, is that like Harold Ramus? This, this is very important because there, there really is a high probability that there's something wrong with your bones right. or something wrong right at that region where the fracture occurred. I mean, you've got to see a doctor to have this very thoroughly worked up. Okay, uh, but it, it, it couldn't it, be from sex then, right? Well, if it was from sex... It shouldn't, in, in a normal 19-year-old, there really should be no way to do that. It means your bones are abnormally Something weak. wrong with the bones, right. And okay. you've got to figure out why that is, whether it's some, something growing there locally or something metabolically wrong with the bone density. Uh -huh. It needs to be thoroughly evaluated, okay? okay. Yeah, I also had one really quick question. Do, do you I have any medical problems? Hmm? Do you have any medical problems? I'm anemic. Well, you're anemic, you've got a bone fracture. I mean, something is up here. Do you take yeah. any medications? Um, just Paxil. Well, Paxil shouldn't do that. I'll tell you, um, uh, I had an operation on my hip. We were talking about it, and uh, the blood supply didn't get to the bone, and the bone started dying. And I'm, I get that nauseous feeling sometimes when I walk on the hip, and it's really sore. And mm -hmm. you know, I mean, and it's the bone sort of flaking away and sort of getting in there. And if you have a weak bone, you'll feel that, and it won't go away. So you gotta, you my, bone really... just, my bones are just weak? Well, we well uh, something's wrong. Something we're is not just... diagnosing you yeah. over the air, but you got to go uh -huh. see a doctor. Get, yeah, get it thoroughly worked up, okay? Okay. Oh, right. and also, are hemorrhoids contagious by any chance? Because my boyfriend's always itching his butt. And I'm always thinking, because he has hemorrhoids, will I get it? No. Okay. But, there's no such thing as like a poison uh, hemorrhoid? Are, you'll love this talk now, Adam. There are other things that cause pruritus ani, uh, like pinworms. Ooh, true, don't start in oh, on my ass again. And, uh, say that again slower. And uh, those are contagious. Um, and whipworms and various other things. But, but hemorrhoids. Drew was convinced hemorrhoids I had worms at one point. Oh. 
Well, like everybody. Y- your has. boyfriend uh, scratches his ass. <laughs> yeah. Does he? Does, does he, he drag himself on the ground? <laughs> no, not usually. Because but... my dog does that, and sometimes yeah. we think she has one. Hemorrhoids are not contagious. Okay. All right. Thank you. All, All right. right. Check down. If he does it when he when he's thinking, it's just affect. I'll oftentimes do that. Like when I'm really, like a lot of people will put their uh, hand on their chin when they're puzzled. It's fine with me just as long as it's not at a formal dinner or church. Right, but the problem is, is once you do it enough on your own, you'll uh-huh. find yourself doing it in public. Wow. You see, it cool. becomes reflex. I actually have to uh, duct tape my right hand to my side when I go out now. Mm-hmm. Caroline. Hello? Hey. Hey. Hi. Um, I have a problem with my mom. All right. How old are you? I'm 17, and I have had the same boyfriend for almost two years, and I'm totally ready to have to have sex with him, and, you know, I'm totally in love with him. He's my first love, and I think he's great, and he's not pressuring me at all, you know, and I think he's great for waiting this long. But um, I had, a, like, a long time ago when we first got together, I had a talk with my mom, and I still think about it, and this is what, like, prolonged me for so long to have sex is when my mom had our talk and she was all, she's all, yeah, um, you have to, <laughs> she's all, I, wa- I want you to wait until you're 25 and so you know the true meaning and that you're completely sure that, um, that you're going to spend the rest of your life with this man and that um, you're going to have a baby because if you get pregnant, you're not going to have an abortion and I definitely mm. don't. Well, dump him. Run away from home. Dump him well, right first, now. Uh, I think I think it's certainly solid advice to use birth control, right? Oh yeah, I mean. So get I on the pill. Um. Well, I'm not on it yet, but uh, my boyfriend and I have totally talked about it before. Okay, so you're gonna get on the pill. You're gonna you're gonna prepare for it. Be sensible. We have about, about 20 boxes of condoms and the oh, plugs yeah. and spermicide. All right. And so, so, but are you gonna go on the pill? Oh yeah, definitely. All right. So so you're gonna take all the necessary precautions. So the pregnancy is not an issue. Yeah. Uh, the guy being caring about you and it being a loving relationship, that yeah. sounds like that's fine. Yeah. Spending the rest of your life with the first guy you have sex with uh, is a little unrealistic. Oh, oh, God, if that happened, we'd all be in hell. Yeah. And uh, also, you know, your mom waiting to your uh, just entering menopause uh, to experience <laughs> your first man is, is not the world's greatest suggestion. Here's what I would tell my mom. If my mom said to me, um, listen, I want you to wait until you're 25 before you um, lose your virginity, I would say, uh, that's fine, but I'm going lesbian at 22. <laughs> But l- listen, it's great that you have that kind of communication with your mom. It, her advice is not bad. It's well, solid, actually, but it's not her realistic. Her and I never talk. Well, all right. But she, she, it's great that you listen. What's even greater is that you listen to her and yeah. that you didn't do exactly the opposite, even though it was a little sort of unrealistic for somebody your age. You, you, you listened to her. You I'd have lied in. and blowed my mom off completely. And just yeah, not I think it's terrific. I mean, it, it's great that you're being careful and it's great that she's impacted on you in such a way as to create healthy behavior for you. You know, you're going to make your own decisions, and it sounds like you're doing it in a reasonably healthy way. Thank you. And here's my, here's my attitude toward truth with people. And um, it could be your mom, or it could be the cops that pulled you over, or whoever it is. Um, I'm going to start crying. Tell them as much as they need to know. And if they create an environment where they can't handle the truth... Where you have a mom that says, I am going to kick you out of the house if you have sex before the age of 25, she is begging you to lie to her at that point. I love she these She does not chats. need to hear the truth at that point. If yeah. a mom says, 
listen, um, I, 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 it's healthy for you to explore your sexuality. I just would like to know what's going on so that uh, I can go out and uh, make the arrangements, help you out with birth controls, so on and so forth. Uh, whatever that is, then tell them the truth. But totally. if they make unrealistic demands, yeah, then they're begging to be lied to. My parents wanted to be lied to, and I tell them the truth now about things I used to do just to torture them. Like, <laughs> remember when I tried crack? I told you about this, and they're like, no, you never did crack. No, we totally, yeah, I did. It was great, and then I, you know, I was got all it was terrible for a while. But like, I'd rather not know. Uh, John Popper, blues traveler. We got to go to break. Um, I'm still excited. Uh, John, maybe we'll just, uh, we're running out of time, but maybe we can jam a little during the break, just sort of. Okay, but we, we should take calls. I mean, we've really been sort of hogging well, the music. I'm saying As off, great a maestro as you are. Right. You know, you, you've, you've really taken the instrument further, but, you know, you, you know. Right. Well, on. something has to suffer in the name of art. <laughs> Meanwhile, as the Facebook. Straight on till morning is the name of the CD, Blues Traveler. It is their sixth. Please go Our fifth out. Studio and get album, it. actually. Oh, yeah, sixth I thought your album because we had a live album for the last one. Right, uh, l- live in the fall. Yeah, live from the fall. Live from the fall. Constantly confused with that sort of soft drink, fruit juice kind of deal. It's mm. after the fall. Oh, okay. You can uh, explain that. It's probably a regional uh, reference. Oh, there we go. Out here. All right. If you have anything to say about Mountain Dew before we get off the air? Um, it looks like nuclear horse urine. Thank you. All right. Now I'm in more trouble. Oh. Dr. Drew, uh, myself, Adam Carolla, and John Popper, thank you all from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you for having me. I John, as uh, as sincere as I've ever been on this show, thank you very much. Thank it you, was sir. my pleasure, and it is always a good time when you come in. Please come back anytime you see fit. You guys are both really cool. I will. And until next time, this is Adam Carolla for Dr. Drew saying mahalo. This has been Loveline. The opinions expressed herein are certainly opinions. That's for sure. If you'd like a written transcript of today's program, you probably should have written it down yourself. And if you did, we'd like a copy. Loveline producer Ann Wilkins. This broadcast was copyright 1997 Westwood One Entertainment. This music is MXPX on Tooth and Nail Records. Los Angeles, famous K-Rock. podcast1.com program.